Okay, welcome back to the Never Iron Anything Comics Review Podcast. Uh, a regular look at the cr- a creator or a series where myself and a co-host pick apart what works and what doesn't. This week, the return of the master of not only penguins, but as proven recently, um, crowdfund- he's also the master of crowdfunding as well. Yes, it's Scotland's <laughs> own Alan Henderson. How you doing, dude? Greetings. I'm very well. Thank you very much. <laughs> Good. I'm yeah. not. I'm not. And I'm not. Was the master of, of crowdfunding. It's just uh, you know. Yeah. I don't have big goals with some of these things, so it's about getting it. Uh, but getting you, it, you, you know, did it the right way. You, you stuck it out. It ended, and then like a couple of days later, it arrived in my post box. You know, it's like that, yeah. isn't it? You know. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. So there, there are still people. Who, uh, there are some that have yet to go out. Uh, that, uh, but so I'm doing them a little bit in batches. But um, that's also dependent on how quickly you got your address into me to. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, good stuff, man. Can't, can't do it all at once. Um, yeah, yeah. It looks yeah. great as well. And um, I like that oh, box presentation you send it out in. That works really nicely. I think. I can actually always yeah. tell it's your book because it's it's done like <laughs> that. Because it comes in these big boxes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've had this we've had this point before where you know things that upset us about Kickstarters and yeah. people who send out uh, their books in just a, a fluffy floppy envelope rather than a nice card envelope or uh, or whatever. Yeah, so, yeah exactly. I got a nice update from um, Tim Truman today. So just over, you know, on the way to the five <laughs> years now. At least he's keeping us updated. God bless him. Um, good. Now my turn this week to suggest something which um, I've suggested to you. And I'm going to say it was something new to you, was it? I'm going to say, um, yes, I, I, I've seen bits of it before. Yeah. Um, but as a reading it from start to finish, it was certainly new to me. Cool. Did you want to tell the listeners what we're talking about, dude? So it's the Bo Jeffries saga, um, which is illustrated by Steve Parkhouse and written by this um, up and comer, um, <laughs> Alan Moore. Um, originally presented in the the Warrior magazine, um, or most of it was at least. Yeah. Um, and then it has a, a potted history of going around a number of other locations. Oh, done it just. It jumps um, about a bit, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And then it's finally collected into to a book that is actually published by. Um, it is Knockabout. Is the one I've Knockabout. got. Knockabout. Go. In cooperation with yeah. Top Shelf. Yeah. yeah. Um, of course it's not. I um. I'm not a fan of the cover of this collection. I'll be honest with you. It's sort of no. nice, got French flaps, isn't it? It's sort of softback oh. collection. It's. I don't think it's the right image choice. Yeah, you know, I for agree. The, for actually dragging you in, um, it's. It looks more like a doodle page of here's all the characters. Yeah. If somebody's just done a sort of collection of, I'm just going to doodle them all together. It's like the end papers uh, or something like that to me. You know. Yeah. Um, if I'm brutally honest, if you flip the book over the back cover, that image, had that been slightly reworked, but not an awful lot, would actually work better for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. As it, but, well, I think the the cover they got on one of the, on one of the issues of Warrior, I think probably was it issue um, th- um, was it issue thirteen? I can't remember now. But the the cover they got when they launched in Warrior, I think, would have made it ideal. Yeah. A, a nice cover. Yeah. This feels a bit badly graphic designed the names especially yes yes yeah it's odd some or look the the logo i like the the way that they've placed as you say the way they've placed alan moore's name and steve parkhouse's name on there is odd the rest of it as i say is not not the image i would choose to make a cover from yeah um yeah reads as alan steve doesn't it when you look at it initially uh, 
or yeah, or Moore, Alan, Steve, or Moore, Alan, and Steve Park. Yeah, yeah it looks weird. It's all yeah. yeah. But there you go. Um, it's a book that um, has a number of different formats and forms within. Um, because mm -hmm. it, I think we'll talk about this, but it comes, as you say, from a, a sort of history of jumping about between companies and formats and s comics and stuff, anthologies. Um, but they do kind of throw everything at the wall in it, don't they? They do. I think it's also, and we'll get into this more as well, is it's very reverential to British humour and... Yes. A, a, an array of different types of British comic that I don't think you, you necessarily see elsewhere. And Britishness, um, in a way, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, I said, I've got a number of humour styles that I've written down here. Yeah, but me too. Like, let's save that then, because I've got yeah, that. I've got, and we can maybe, but, we'll have a, a, a trade off hmm. on them in a bit, I think, man. That's good, because me too. Um, so the opening question, I've got a couple of opening questions for you, but I think I'm going to start on one that's just a bit fun. Um, so this is that we've discussed Alan Moore on the podcast before, um, and I'm not going to. I don't intend to give a you know a potted history of him like we do with the other characters. I think everyone's <laughs> kind, of, kind of into it already. Um, however, I don't know about you and Alan Moore, so I've got two questions for you. The first one is, what's your favourite Alan Moore? Oh, I, t I told you I wasn't going to tell you this in advance because I just want to get a. It's a funny one when you think if you think about it too much. You you do think about it too much if that makes sense. You can't. You kind of. You, you, my gut instinct yeah. was to say one thing, and then I thought about it a bit longer, and I thought of something else. Um, but I'd like so to maybe hear from my, you first. My in, right. So my initial thought is actually, so I would always go earlier with okay. with, with Moore or the or. I've got this big thing about Moore that he works best when he has a very strong editor with him. Yeah. Right. Yeah, or some, somebody who knows how to, to pair him back. Um, the late Alan Grant said that when yeah. he got some of the early future shocks, it was like, this is brilliant, mate, but you need to compress it a bit, you know. Yeah, I was and only I think, talking oh, to Eamon about that yesterday, funny enough. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, a good point. Um, and I, I do think as Mr. Moore has acquired the legendary status, the editors are more fearful of yeah. saying to him, cut it out. You know, people people just give him free reign and say, on, on you go. Yeah, um, he's a genius. It must be right. Maybe is part of it as well. I think you know. It's, yeah, you know, it's like um, if, if we can sell a five hundred page book rather than a one hundred page book, we'll, we'll, we'll make more money. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I do think things like the Killing Joke probably okay. are one of his best pieces. The of the later things, the stuff I did really like actually was um, Top Ten. Um, okay, Comics, interesting. Yeah, which was the the police um, procedural thing. Yeah. Um. So yeah, those those are though things like Promethea, which also came out at the same time. Again, there, there's just too much and too you know some of it's trying to be too clever for me at times. Yes. Yeah. So there's there's that weird sort of mix and match. But no, as I say, to me that that's the thing about saying to saying to me right when when have you been compressed and controlled, um, versus when you've just gone given that free win and, and yes there's some amazing things in what he does when he goes knee deep in league of extraordinary gentlemen or um, yeah yeah and uh, you know and all those sort of stuff but there's times when you just go no i'm not it's not for me it's a funny um, one isn't it it's for me obviously you, your mind immediately goes to watchmen mm. for me um then i think well i really like watchmen I, I genuinely really do like it um i read it every few years but from hell, I found like a really interesting experience to read. 
Um, mm-hmm. And then I thought, what did I have the most fun reading? And I, th- I genuinely think it's D.R. and Quinch. Yeah. I think that might be my mm-hmm. funnest read because I remember just laughing at it as a, you know, as a teenager, just thinking this is hilarious. Yeah. You know, when they said, oh, this, oh, I want the ant, the chocolate covered ants in Prussian blue, not in this, you know, royal blue or something. I remember <laughs> laughing and thinking, this is just fucking crazy, stupid shit. And I think this is reflected in a bit, you know, you know, Mr. Moore's version of the young ones in a second we're going to talk about. Yeah. But yeah, it's that. And now, okay. Good. So we've had that question. Now the next one is: What is your least favourite more? Um, <laughs> I said before that when we did the, the what, what books would we not save from the from yeah. the house? From I'm not actually a big fan of From Hell. Yeah, oh, and yeah, it's partially because yeah. of the way I read it. Right, right. And I should try to go back and reread it at some point in time, and not and try to ignore the. Um, the appendix that, that has <laughs> yeah. all the this yeah. is why because i was too busy trying to tie the two together and i you know and so i, I wasn't yeah. a big fan of that um and then other yeah we've, we've talked about lost girls in the past as well yeah lost girls is my choice no it's the only away from it. thank you very much yeah. It's the, yeah me too that's exactly why i did mate and i think this the only i know it's it's very beautiful and very capably written and drawn i just didn't like it it just it just said mm. it, yeah it touch buttons that i thought i don't like to read about this and i gave it away um and my other one i would say is skiz all right um this didn't click with me at all it was just too et for me i know there's more to it than that obviously but i just uh i've tried rereading it since i've got the you know i think it's the titan collection i've got um but no it just doesn't click with me um i've read it once and that would be 25 plus years back um, right if, if that, uh, yeah yeah I, i've got no it, it, it doesn't really stick with me one or other so, yeah exactly but then again <laughs> there's, there's so many books that don't um that's that doesn't put that in, in a bad place most of them don't let's face mm. it you know could, could you, you <laughs> oh, know what, what was happening in detective comics 18 years ago i couldn't tell you man you know it's like i read it <laughs> but you know yeah there, there are times when I pick each month's up and then we're going, I don't remember what happened last month. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> really tie the two of these together. Yeah. Mm. Sometimes I pick up a Batman book and I go, how is this just finishing? I've only, I feel like I've only just read the first bit of this story. You know, mm. it's uh, mm. yeah, I know what you mean. Okay. That's a good one. So there's just a, just that I thought that loosened up a bit. Um, now, obviously this appeared in warrior to start with, were you a warrior reader, dude? So no, right. I wasn't. It, um, so let's see what Warrior started in 1982, um, which was probably just a little bit early okay. for me to, because I would have been I'd have been ten at that point in time, right? Um, which because of the fact that I'm fifty yes. this year, someone's just <laughs> had a birthday. <laughs> <laughs> so it's um, yeah, and so that it's it, it it would have been. I see Warrior as the you, you needed to be twelve probably. Is that yeah, sort I of, think that's you know, a good shout. Sort of feel, yeah, feel about it. it was so. I think it was just a step a step too far for me at that point, and it just wasn't in. So therefore, it wasn't my wheelhouse. Yeah. That said, so much of it has been collected and reprinted, or, or has seen the light in other other places. Whether that's the you know, obvious things like. Um, like V or or Miracle Man or or Night Raven, where you can yeah. see, you know, you, you start going, actually, you know what? I have probably read most of it, just not in the warrior format. Yeah. Um, and 
and it becomes that it's one of these things that time every time every again you kind of go oh i really should just get myself a collection of warrior just to have it and but still like, fa fairly cheap to obtain you know not an expensive it, buy well, yeah if you're ever at a con that actually has a, you know one of these tables that has boxes underneath it that are yeah. 50 pence or Ago, you can usually pick up half of a warrior just through that. Yeah, you know? yeah, they're, they're in the boxes, um, they're in the magazine boxes um, for a five yeah. fiver at um, Gosh at the moment. Yeah, yeah. There's, um, I say, there, um, there's obviously the odd issue that's that, that's yeah harder to get than others, but it really, yeah, it, it's doable. Um, but yeah, as I say, so it was, it was just too early for me, but it fitted nicely into that that slot of saying right here's a book that's much more clever than or is it it's a beautiful thing about the, the way that the uk scene works with its its weekly comics or or did it doesn't really do it much anymore yeah. where you had you know something for almost every age bracket and and this sat in that middle middle ground between saying right you're you're coming out of the the humor titles and you're moving into you know, you're perhaps not quite going into the the, the 2000 AD space or, or or whatever, but this and, and this maybe underplaying Warrior for this, but that that's where I saw it sitting okay. in, in terms of the, the sort of mix. And then over time, it perhaps moved itself up to be a bit more. Um, yeah, I see what you mean. Adult, I, adult's not the right word, but you know. Yeah. yeah, I think some of it was was adult. There's you know obviously as you know the sexual element, the you know the violent mm. element, the polit very political for the time. Yeah. Um, I was reading Marvel and DC, you know, through the news agents. So I was reading 2000 AD and the odd other thing like Battle or something, you know, um, and a boarding school. And the news agent at the end of the road, as I walked into town uh, on a Saturday, had Warrior. And that's where I started buying it. Uh, and it was very exciting for me. You know, mm. you, when you're exposed to, you know, David Lloyd and Steve Parkhouse and Alan Davis and, and Leach and... You know all this sort of thing. Incredible, Steve Austin. There's some incredible artists working on it. Um, mm. That um, just I just was fucking. I, uh, there's images in Warrior that, especially the first couple of stories of this as well. There's images in Warrior that are just completely burnt into my retina that I remember so well. Um, and it was such a short-lived experiment that was much copied. When we had Des on the ACP recently, Des Skin, he was saying um, that Daredevils was we were talking much. I said, Oh, well, you, did you do Daredevils? And he said. No, I was doing Warrior. Daredevils was a copy of Warrior in that yeah. it was having these short, edgier strips to it, you know. Um, and I found it really interesting, I have to say. So so what you were saying there about the strips in Warrior bouncing to other magazines, you know, Des is, depending on who you ask, a shrewd businessman of some kind. Um, <laughs> and um, so what happened was a lot of the stories would, would bounce into other magazines. So The Spiral Path, which is also by Parkhouse, um, very different in style, actually. That made it to an Eclipse comic, for example, and V Vendetta made it to DC, etc. Um, and obviously we know the story about Miracle Man stroke Marvel Man that made its way over... Uh, it was Eclipse, wasn't it, again, I think? Yeah, Eclipse. Eclipse comics. Yeah. So there, he had various deals and various different fingers in different pies and this so the Bo Jeffrey saga appeared in Warrior issue 12 and 13 then it appeared in 19 and 20 so actually relatively short-lived in an anthology well of a kind comic and then it made its way to A1 to, uh, 1 to 4 um, and it was and, it continued there and that's where I recognize it from ah, because right, I, I know I've got some of the the A1s up in the loft somewhere in a box right um, and and certainly, the the it, it stands out as something I remember from from that space. 
Yeah. Tund- uh, because Tundra was putting out some brilliant books yes. at that yeah. point before yeah. everything crashed. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was another one burns brightly for a while, wasn't it, Tundra? It really mm. was. Yeah. I found a review of um of it. there's there's various reviews you can find. Um there, I found um a review in Fancy Advertiser issue 112 in August 89 and it was in a a review that was otherwise I'm going to be polite and call it extremely critical of A1, you know, basically saying this is a mess. But mm. it spoke very highly of um, Bo Jeffrey. He said, well-paced and funny with some gorgeous cartooning. And so they, they described it as the high point. Um, so from there, it went. It was in A1 once four. Then it was in A1, the True Life Bikini Confidential. Um, and then it went into a comic that I always used to call Dalgoda, but you'll probably find listed elsewhere as Flesh and Bones, but I've got it as Dalgo to Flesh and Bones in my little notebook. Um, and it, they reprinted some of it in there, and I sent you some of the pages of that because they coloured it, didn't they, in that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not sure if it works in yeah, colour. No. Not sure. No, it doesn't need to. It doesn't need it. Yeah. Um, and again, I think that's because of some of the history of where I think Parkhouse yes. um, has taken his, um, his inspiration from. Well, let's tackle that in a second, because I just want to give one more review, and then we'll get into that influence question, because I think that's that's a huge... It's a formation of the strip, in a way, isn't it? It's influences. Mm. Um, so in issue 113 of the Comics Journal, December 1986, it was commenting... It was a review that commented on it as a backup strip in Dalgoda, and it, said, it described it as shrewd, satirical observation of a bureaucratic functionary, and this is commenting on, the, you know, comics' greatest hero, Trevor Inchmail. Um... I can't recall encountering funnier dialogue. Um, and the, the review compares Moore's use of dialogue to Pinter and Stoppard, whereupon I thought, all right, mate, calm down. We all know you now. You know who Pinter is. <laughs> <laughs> and um, it compares Parkhouse's art to a favourite of ours, actually, Don Martin from Mar- from uh, Mad Magazine, which I thought was an yeah. interesting one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right, we're going to trade off. Before we get into talking about the art and stuff, we're going to trade out obvious influences. Uh, and then I've got, I found an interview with more where he talks about his actual interview his actual influence for the strip which is typical more um mm. but so you give me one i'll give you one let's do that shall we so you say an influence you think and i'll say one i so think in, in, in terms of the, the writing or in terms of the art which, um because a little bit of both let's try both let's try right. and do it at both so yeah if yeah. i if i start with the, with the and then i suppose this one covers a bit of, there is a clear actually early on a clear monty python Yep. in this there's there's bits of it where you can see um the, terry jones in, dressed up and acting as a couple of the women in it uh, <laughs> yeah, i, I would true. suggest yeah without uh, without too much difficulty so yeah. and i think that the, the, there's a couple of lines that are delivered um like that you go you know rent rent trevor why can't you <laughs> act like mrs gutchen's eldest he's on drugs and you know you're like going <laughs> Again, Terry Jones dressed as a woman doing that. I think I can just just see it because again, works, that's that. It? You know, yeah, yeah. That no, I think sort of, sort of I thing. think to interrupt you, I think we might have made a mistake here, and we haven't told the reader what it's about. Because those who haven't read it oh, yeah. may not know. <laughs> yeah, perhaps to say. So it's a story of well, uh, North, 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 very yeah. briefly Northampton's own Adams-style family, a werewolf, a vampire, Lovecraftian creature who is in fact a grand their grandfather, a daughter, a sort of rather rotund daughter with infinite powers but problems dating. And for a small amount of time, um, there is Trevor Inchmail, who I make a claim is Alan Moore's greatest, greatest creation, who's the rent man. Yep. Um, and they live in this house in Northampton. And it's it's got that, like you say, it's got that Monty Python sitcom feel to it, isn't it? These This sort of Definitely. family of creatures. Yeah. yeah. Now, I make you right on that. So I, I've written UK surrealist comedies, which included, for me, Python, 
Spike Milligan, Pete and Dud, and the Young Ones were my. Yeah, I'd, I'd written down the Goons as part of the, yeah, the Milligan esque as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Which again, if I, re- I have to read one of the Milligan lines as far as I'm concerned, <laughs> where the guy where, where Ishmael knocks on the door and wants to, to come and say, rent. Oh, sorry, we moved out years ago. <laughs> yeah, that is so <laughs> Milligan, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> there's different yeah. people living here now, and you're like going. That is Milligan to a T. So yeah, yeah, and but, and yeah. and Moore spins that by saying that there's some kind of sort of machine that stops people realizing what's going on or something. I can't remember yes. the name of what yeah. they call it. Uh-huh. But uh, yeah, my next one, um, one you might like, is um, the work of Leo Baxendale and Ken Reed. For me, <laughs> yes, I've got that written down here as well, Good man. Because yeah. I do think this is because in, in terms of the the styling of certainly a lot of the book, it's if you take the Bino and mix it with newspaper satirical um, comics. Yeah. The, this kind you, you kind of get there with this because there's a lot of this which is quite clearly there's there's a degree of satire around the workplace and how you know being as part of a, a work team in the production line for that or the dating yeah. scene and all that sort of stuff. Oh god, yeah. That that's yeah. that's outright satire the way the approach of that. But the the humor element and level of it, some of it is is quite childishly done but in a very very clever way um yeah, yeah. so it does with that so yeah I, i'd written down baxendale meets scarf slash stephen bell or, or martin rolson yeah. yeah and i also include the name i also include giles and i think <laughs> right perhaps <laughs> this is quite funny because what, yeah. where i was going next yeah keep, right sorry where you go okay because i actually think um is it glinda is that the name of the daughter um yeah she She's basically the character from Giles, the the old woman from Giles, isn't she? Uh, right. You're reading my notes at this point. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> when when Glinda when when she grows up, she becomes the granny in that's Giles. It. Yeah. Right. That is. So that's um that that's exactly where I was going to say that is. I, I do think that she becomes. If again, if people know who Giles or the Giles books was, was it the Daily again, Mail? Very very British yeah. thing. Yeah. 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 Um, Go on, you drop, just, you drop one now, because I've, I've been doing yours, so you drop. What, you got any um, other ones? So the, the, the last thing I think that comes in, and it's partially about the Ishmael thing, where oh, yeah. <laughs> is the design of him is, again, it's this quintessentially British thing, as in it's a small, thin man wearing this, you know, this round spectacles and a toothbrush moustache. So you're going, he's the, 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 the teacher from the Bass Street Kids. He's Blakey from on the buses. Yeah, he's the you know it, it's just the the bit of going that is a character that just exists in in as a, a, a staple in British humour, um, and I think there's something about that where you go yeah you you just have to have that and then how do you make that funny about him being that person because as soon as that character turns up, a British person immediately goes yeah I know they're going to be the funny foil against which everything's going to going to play yeah he's, he's the the ridiculous civil servant immediately isn't he yeah mm-hmm. yeah i know what you mean yeah. and um of course the other thing is it's i've put here the adams family and the monsters crossed with a twisted coronation street um yeah. so he's got that sort of british soap opera i don't think we had eastenders ending i think his coronation oh, street was kind of yeah. the main one wasn't it um yeah but with a sort of Lovecraftian and Hammer Horror influence to it. You know, they go bat fishing from the roof or something. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, 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 it's it's just bizarre in terms of how all the the things come to mix together like that. Yeah, it's um, 
it's a lovely it's almost something that I feel like I wish they'd done more of but in smaller bites you know um, um yeah I suppose the thing there as well is because they try the different styles as they go through the book because there's a as I say at one point I'm like going oh they, they, they jump to Rupert the Bear in terms of the the format and layout um and there, yeah. there's there is a thing about saying what other other styles and and there's a there's another section which again looks very 1800s in terms of the way that some of it's done and and the fact there's an opera section in the middle and things like that <laughs> yeah there's and what? there's also a section that looks like it's done on a tv screen isn't there which mm. reminded me a little bit i don't know why a little bit of those sections in the dark knight returns where you know it's a television screen um but yeah. they're almost talking to the reader, aren't they? You know. Well, you've seen Dark Knight Returns because of the way the television screen's done. It actually looks more Mad Magazine. Yes, that's a good chat, actually. Yeah, it's very Mad Magazine, isn't it? Yeah. In that sort of right here's the you know, and it's done as a what would be called behind the music at that point in time. But it, it's it's yes. that yeah. it's that view of right here's the story from the other side, um, and then, it, you know it's just got some really really funny lines in it. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, I just love, I remember to this day, I remember sitting outside of the comic shop in the town I was at boarding school and reading the section where Inchmail, you know, is on his bike and cycling to the house and stuff like that. And thinking the bit about, um, he, he, <laughs> the bit about where he gets turned into a potted plant, you know, but he's got mm. this inner monologue going all the time. And I just, I just thought, this is so fucking weird, you know, and, <laughs> And the thing is, Warrior, it really it just threw this sort of strangeness. You know, you had everything in that book from not straight. Well, you had Big Ben was more sort of straight superheroing in there. Yeah. You know, to the Spiral Path, to the Warp Smiths. You know, you had um, um, press button and a razor with a sweaty pervert of a look like what people would think was a Pikachu now. Um, mm. It's a perverted sort of flying fat thing. Um, and this was just another twist on the weirdness in that magazine. You know, when when the, the character who's a werewolf just took, he, he just walks home dressed as a wolf with a scarf on. Um, it's yeah, yeah it's, and, it's utterly. But beautiful. yet he hangs around on a work line with with a group of friends and just gets on with the, the you know and it has the same work a day problems yeah. that they have. Yeah. Um, now. The, 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 yeah. It's sort of one of the scenes I love, which is, is the, the the four of them on the work line, and all you see is each of the thought bubbles. Yeah, and there's the the three guys going thinking of sex, 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 but the the lettering's done different ways. Though, and yeah. it gets the the fourth one, and he's thinking about a reindeer, and you're just <laughs> yeah. like, what? Yeah. And it's just a again, it's a tiny throwaway thing, you know. Yeah, but it's it was it's packed really, full of really gags, funny. wasn't it? Packed full of clever, not ridiculous, mm. clever gags, and. The thing about it, and and I always I often think about that bit, and also the bit with the works do. They have this works do, which of course the old Bill have to turn up about, because there's a fight or something, you know, or the old Bill turn up and start a fight with, uh, with the huge bit of satirical thing that's still valid because it's got the whole there's one character of color and therefore he must have kicked it off. Yeah, yeah, so they turn up. <laughs> He's yeah, like, no, he didn't. <laughs> and and I forget what's it, what's the werewolf's name. I've got it written down. I can't remember. Um, uh, Roll. He's like st yeah. trying to stop himself turning into a werewolf, and yeah, it's just. But the thing about it is, it's it's all immediately at the same time. It's strange and relatable. That's the thing, the clever thing I think that Moore does here. It, he makes it relatable for people who lived in the eighties, you know. And 
to be fair, it was big squat culture where I was living in London. And um, there, there was weird people living in squats, you know, next to a nice house full of normal people, you know, these, these weird feral people. But, yeah, it's interesting. So mm. we've done our... I was going to say, the, 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 the work party does have one of my favourite sight gags. Right. Where early on in the work party, he the uh, one of the colleagues introduces his, or says his girlfriend's turned up. And, you know, you need to be careful. She's, you know, she's a punk and she's got, <laughs> and then there's four asterisks off. And it says four asterisks off tattooed on her forehead. Yeah. And, I, you know, as a word balloon, you kind of go, all right. So they've, um, you know, they've, they've, they've censored the, the word balloon in terms of that until you see her and she's actually got four asterisks yeah. tattooed on her forehead. And I was just like, that's a really funny sight gag. Exactly. Done like that. So well done. Yeah. And we'll talk about the cartoon in a minute, but she's just fucking spot on, isn't she? You know, yes. People would draw her too glamorously these days. No mm. need back then, was there? You know. No. No. And Rolls dressed as um, yeah. dressed up as he's as if he's in Saturday Night Saturday Night Fever. He's just genius. Yeah. Um, yeah. Good. Now we've talked about our, our sort of what we thought were influences, but if you if you speak to Mister Moore about it, and there's an interview that I read, um, I think a Comics Journal interview, um, he claims that whilst the Adams family and the Munsters were key influences, it was really the work of Henry Kuttner and his Hogben family. Um, unsurprisingly, Henry Kuttner was a friend of Lovecraft. Um, so we, we, you know, everyone who knows anything about Moore knows this sort of um, obsession. I think it's fair to say. I think he'd agree. Obsession with, um, um, with Lovecraft, um, mm -hmm. and he's taken a lot of that from these books. Um, but also, he says there's a Ray Bradbury occasional short story characters called the Family um, that you can read in a couple of his the anthologies of his short stories, and he got a lot from them as well. Um, but. After a few strips, Moore began to realise it suited the short story format. Um, and he realised, he claims he realised this after Trevor Inchmail had been transformed into a potted plant, or a sentient potted, potted, potted plant. I think Inchmail was never happier than as that potted plant. I got the, you know, the sort of idea. Yeah, but but a great lost character to the um, to the fraternity of, of comic <laughs> book characters that could have been. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, he, I kept waiting for him to come back in the book, and then me he too. never does. Yeah, me too. Because I made such a big deal of him on the Slack, saying what a fucking genius he was. Um, the Moore said, observations on some elements of ordinary life have crept in as well, which is um, interesting. Now, this this sparked, talking talking in the Slack, it sparked a sort of a conversation we had on there. Um, I'm not sure whether you were in it, but we were talking about Alan Moore's skills, you know, his skills as a writer. Mm. And I, I sort of describe him as the great adapter, in a way. Um, yep. He adapts other characters. And I, we were sort of trying to think, what are the Moore's original characters? Um, and I was saying um, D.R. and Quinch, um, although I think Simon Russell was saying that they're perhaps a parody of some movie characters as well. Um, can you think of anyone? Because this is clearly... He admits it is. He claims it's um, an adaption, or you know, it's an homage almost to or the Hogburn well, family as well as the Adams family and the Munsters. But um... and and as I say, I think you can. There, there's lots of other things he brings into this that comes together. Yeah, yeah. In terms of Moore's collective, hmm. so I don't. I don't think it detracts from his greatness it, as a writer and our recognition of the greatness of his writer because he takes 
probably no, things that are very simple and makes them into something that is multi-layered and much more interesting. You know, you can only think about yeah. what he did with Watchmen, for example, and, you know, V Vendetta being 1984 and et cetera, et cetera. But the yeah, Marvel Man especially, is, uh, believe, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Lost Girls, um, you know, from hell. Um, Tom Strong is essentially... Doc um, Savage. Yeah. Doc Savage. And Ma- Maxwell the Magic the Cat, with- maybe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I still remember the one he did with Rick Veach as well, where it's a guy in a hat, but with a red scarf across his face. Oh, uh, right. Not, of course, It's yeah. not the oh, shadow. Is it in Tomorrow's uh, Stories, isn't it? That one? It is in Tomorrow's yeah. Stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Lost Girls is, but, yeah. you know, openly homage. Yeah. Um, the grey shirt, there we go. That's, that's, that's it, grey shirt, yeah. That's it. But um, 1963 is the Fantastic Four, essentially, or, you know, an homage to Silver Age. Um, yeah. So no, I mean, and again, but it's for the, Halo Jones, just just Wonder Woman. But but uh, again, it, there's a lot of strong archetypes in it, right? Yeah. And it, it, sometimes it is about saying, right, I planted a temple around which everybody thinks they know where things are and how things stand. Therefore, they have a degree of comfort they can start with from that. Therefore, I I can then push the story around to to have twists and turns that you don't necessarily expect because you're starting from that position of saying, right, I, I, I know what, you know, I, I understand the base points of, of where I am here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, some of the other stuff that's, that's in the Bo Jeffrey stuff, again, partially because the way the Steve Parkhouse works, is that, that his art styles and, and there's, the more I look at this actually, again, there's more and more mad in it than, than, than I realised. Yeah. The, you know, where, where he is going, right, I'll, I'll draw this person as a perfectly looking teddy boy, but I'll make him a dwarf. <laughs> yeah, and there, you know, so suddenly you're like going, and there, but it, it, again, that to me is a mad magazine thing in some ways where they were just going, like, we're just going to play with sizes and, and stuff, but we'll, to make it fit, but we'll, we'll give you something that you can perfectly recognise and be happy with. Um, I mean, I see, it, I see a bit of, I see a bit of the underground the, in there as well, you know. Mm, I think there's a bit, oh, especially the mm. English underground. Um, the near myth stuff and the sounds, you know, comic strips and stuff like that as well. Um, but yeah, you're right. It's it's an interesting one, and I think where he triumphs here for me, in the most part, apart from the art, is in the dialogue uh, and the and the gags because it's very vernacular heavy, isn't it? It's very accent. There's an accent. Everyone speaks in a certain way. Everyone's got a voice, and I think that's particularly well done. I mean, a great a great yeah. example of that is when Glinda just bullies that bloke to go on a date with her. <laughs> yeah, it's just fucking genius. Um, yeah, yeah, I just love that. He uses he, he talks about making up words as well. Um, he made up and recovered phrases. Does he? He said is one is a is a phrase he used by a friend of his 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 parents, and and, it, and it's sort of an evasive swear word. So, as always with more, there's there's great thought that goes into it all. You know, um, yeah. beyond that, carry on British sitcom surrealist oh, element you know again it's it, it, it's about being very clever the very clever ends of that so again one another one of my favorite lines when it was uh right that's the puddings made i haven't <laughs> got any sixpences uh to put in it this year so i've written checks <laughs> yeah. and, yeah. and i was like okay that's you know again it's a, a very British thing to understand why you would have a sixpence in a pudding, I suppose. But to then think, yeah, we'll replace that with a check instead. Again, just just really tickled me in terms of uh, yeah, of how some of these. Yeah. Now, I actually find this a book of two parts. I absolutely adored it until we get to the bit, the section you've described as the rip at the bear version. 
you know. Mm -hmm. I found um, a different kettle after that, man. I don't know what you thought. So, so that's page from page fifty on in terms yeah. of that's what I'm yeah. talking about. Um, I it, it it has different mixes after that. So the the roof of the bear piece, or it's the if you know again from a UK listener's perspective, if you buy an annual or you go and look at an annual from pre nineteen eighty, I suppose um, there's always a picture story where there's pictures, but with words underneath. Yeah, the no picture. word balloons or anything like that. Yeah, right. almost just a single image um, that isn't sequential, and underneath it yeah. is kind of an explanation. You know, it's a prose yeah. almost. Yeah. So yeah, but but I found it, I I didn't think it was out of kilter in the book because it is a case of saying it partially again because it's the story being told by one of the other slightly younger characters. Yeah. Um, particularly looking for Jaguar Boy comics. Um, which, yeah. um, and, and the fact that the um, the toy keeps getting blown up. My problem is it probably goes on for a couple of pages longer than it needs to. Yes. You know, the, the, yeah. the guy goes. The, 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 the style then changes again, the version after that, into what I think is quite a European um, yeah. gag strip type type layout. And I, again, it's partially because they're represented as the opera, so they've got the very flat backgrounds that, that, that are in there. Yeah, I kind of mind that because it's like going right and playing with the form, playing with the form. Yeah, and I, I admire mm. that playing for a form. I think it then, yeah, I just, I don't know, I just didn't maybe enjoy it as much after the sort of the dense gag heavy, you know, bang 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 sequentials of the previous page. But then it does go back to that, doesn't it? We get um, a quiet it, Christmas it with the family. Yeah, yeah. And then you know, by by the last longer story, which is the 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 fill out for the the thing, that's where. You know, it, it was done specifically for this book to yeah. to round out the whole storylines. Um, it, it's an interesting, you know, you can tell that both of them have moved on in terms of styles and approach, and, and therefore it yeah. flushes out a wash in a to it way. In there now. Yeah. yeah. Though I, I presume you do have a coat somewhere with the letter N painted on it, just in case you need to <laughs> stand, stand in front of a word Meg. that says cunt. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, just well, I was gonna say, you, if all the other letters are there and that's what's missing, then, then yeah, yeah, that, that is that um, did make me giggle that one. Yeah, it did. Yeah, and well, and it's, and it's again, stra yeah. strangely yeah. formatted after that, doesn't it? Like you say, we've got this sort of TV thing going on, and yeah, I don't know which, why I just found the whole um, Big Brother thing a bit cheap. That well. <laughs> And maybe it's it's a distance and a perspective thing. That yeah. was one of the bits that I thought was dated. Yes, I agree. Yeah. A lot of the a lot of the other jokes and stuff, because they're more on the surrealism side, and even even when the guys are dressed up as teddy boys, it's more a demonstration of the fact that it felt like it was a a, a middle of the nineteen eighties book where people just hadn't moved on in their lives, and yeah. so therefore still had the. Or maybe they were just big fans of Showbody Woody. I mean, there were Teddy um, Boys. I remember early eighties. Yeah. You know, there were, weren't there? Yeah. Yeah, and but it doesn't feel dated at all. But the Big Brother joke felt dated to me. Um, yes, I did. Yeah. Or just, just, just wasn't funny, and I, I don't know why. The image of Davina, um, I thought, could have, we could have done without that. There's a "We Love Britney" sign in the background. You know, it probably was pretty spot on when this was done. It just. Yeah. For us looking back that ten years, I suppose it just isn't, just doesn't feel quite in as good as it, you maybe, know, as good as the rest. Maybe ten years on from now, it will because it maybe. will it'll yeah. feel in, in you know in its place. But we maybe then miss some of the sight gags and stuff. Yeah. Um, so, it, it, but again, this is my back to my thing about 
Moore that, you know, his, his writing when he was younger was tighter. And, yeah. you know, probably because it was being, had, had more editorship in it. Towards yeah. the end of this book, how much of it was people just saying to him, oh, you want to do some, um, some Bo Jeffrey stuff? Yeah, on you go. Knock your stuff out. That eight piece story should be four, but you've done eight. Don't worry about it. We'll, we'll just, you know, and that, so I think there's a little bit of that um, in here. And that's, that's me just having a downer on more than else. Yeah, maybe. Um, yeah. I think we do mistake the fact that everyone sort of thinks he's this like enigmatic magician, you know, when he's actually quite a funny yeah. dude, you know? Um, yeah. And don't get me wrong. There's other, other people who, who are exactly the same, who I think, given too much free reign lose lose the plot yeah. even though they're you know grant morrison's on this <laughs> i'm like going yeah you know pull it in grant you know you, you've got some great ideas and when when you when you hit them really well it's great but sometimes when we just give you you know and for every uh, wonder woman earth one there is um the the invisibles yeah <laughs> it's, I, I, often, I feel he's a bit like that as well where some of the stuff I was reading was just, I was maybe it was my age at the time, I was excited to read, you know, with more, it was Swamp Thing mm. and, you know, Marvel Man and stuff like that. And then I find a lot of his later stuff, like Lost Girls of Slog, and the same with Morrison as well, you know, whilst Zenith was exciting every week to read, and, you know, it, by the time you get to some of his later DC stuff, you're like, oh, God, this is a slog to get through, you know. Um, it, it's almost the more that the... Um investigate and get to get back matter to build it on they feel the need to show it yeah and you go you don't you don't have to um so i don't know that's uh, look i enjoyed this book i really did yeah good Um, yeah good there's um there's bits i'd like to see more of and you're right there's bits that i could have could have let slide um i think parkhouse i don't know what he's done lately he seems to have kind of gone off the radar about 2010 yeah, he's. I suppose um, he's. Hopefully, you know the. We'll talk about him now, actually. But the um, the Resident Alien stuff. He's done a few series of mm. that, um, which I think is is. Re- I'm really pleased for him and him and Hogan. I'm really Pete Hogan. I'm really pleased for because I really like that series, and they're sort of two hardworking guys. But uh, just as to, to, before we go into Parkhouse a bit, um, Moore has said in this the same Comics Journal interview, probably two of the best artists I've ever worked with are Steve Parkhouse and Kevin O'Neill. Uh, and then he goes on to say, apparently unaffected by the American comic books they absorbed in their youth. Um, so he, I think what he's saying there is they managed to retain this personality and style that wasn't influenced by, you know, Kirby's and Neil Adams and stuff. Um, he's a writer, artist and letterer. Um, the He was working on the Bo Jeffrey saga and the Spiral Path at the same time, which is um, pretty impressive when you look at the difference between them. Um, yeah. He started working in comics... Um, even before Marvel UK, the UK Marvel branch opened, he drew some of the pinups for Terrific and Fantastic uh, Oddams. Um, and in 1969, he had a writing gig uh, on a couple of mainstream American Marvel titles. He wrote for Kazar and he wrote for Marvel Superheroes issue 19. And he also wrote Nick Fury, Agent of Shield number 12. Um, since then, he's worked throughout the industry. He, there's, I was reading when I was away. Um, uh, there was a a, a letters page comics journal in that period where they were just going for Stan, you know, and um, he'd quite famously written a letter standing up for Stan saying he was one of the, you know, an absolute joy to work with, which was, I found really interesting. Um, 
And um, I remember showing it to, on the Slack, and I think Pete Dory said that's the best, the best um, written kidnap letter I've ever. <laughs> that's <what laughs> made me laugh. Um, he adapted Time Bandits into a comic. The movie he worked on Big Dave with Miller and Grant Morrison at 2000 AD, and he's worked extensively in Doctor Who magazine. And like I say, at the moment, Resident Alien. Um, he did some stuff Black Knight in the Hulk Weekly, um, Moon Runners. He did with uh, Massimo Bellardinelli at 2000 AD. I'm a, a massive Bellardinelli fan. And he worked on Sandman the Dreaming as well. Um, 2008, he did a Sex Pistols graphic novel. Um, he quotes his influences being Mad Magazine. So there you go. Um, Alex Toth, um, Victor De La Fuente, um, and he worked and, and a lot of the Warren um, magazines. He also quotes Dudley Watkins, who was, as you well know, is our Ooh Willie yeah. and the Bruins, um, who I found out the other day um, died in Brotty Ferry. Um, mm. There's a plaque yep. up there, apparently. Yeah, I was chatting to Tom about that the other day, and uh, Mike. Um, and he and Barry Windsor Smith were the two sort of really early UK creators who travelled out to the US. So we hear about the you know the British invasion quite famously, don't we? You know during the early eighties, but they were they were much earlier forerunners yeah. for that. Um, there's very little out there interview wise with him. You can find usually the the guys we speak about. You can find numerous YouTube interviews. Very little from him actually. Oh, which is interesting. That, yeah, I'd forgotten about the Resident Alien stuff, and that's where I was yeah. like, going, he, he, he's not, he's not somebody that pushes himself forward big time, you know, in terms of the way a number of our creators do at the moment, where uh, yeah. where's the the look at me side side of things. Yeah, um, he's you know very much in the in the background of just just doing what he's doing, and um, yeah, yeah, it's good, and it's and it is incredibly well drawn and and extremely um, idiosyncratic, isn't it? It's just such a style that suits the story, and you wouldn't mistake for anything else, which I think is great. And some of the character yeah. designs, I was looking at them earlier and thinking about them. Not only does he do very distinctive character designs, you know, the werewolf character and Glinda and um, various characters in it, but also if you look at them, their silhouettes are individual as well you can pick out pick them out from the silhouettes which i think is a real skill here you know they've he's really thrown himself into creating this stuff you know um yeah yeah really good and 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 yeah as i say a lot of them you think of those archetypes so when we turn around and say yeah glinda is a is a giles character ishmael is the trod upon man in, in terms of yeah you know, it, it is just about taking and the, the the singer at the end of the book as well, where you're basically saying that's Jerry Sadowich. Um, that's true. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, right. a man who's been in where, the news this very week. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, and and it has that that sort of tying together. Or are you going? Yeah, I know where he's. I don't know what he's pulled from there. Yeah. I, I don't. That, that's not swipe. That's that literally has gone right. I'm going to use. Yeah, it's that satire, isn't my, it? Yeah. My, my my basis of saying that's the sort of character this is. And it just means that everybody has that sort of common language of knowing what that type of character is. Yeah, yeah. I think other than um, Inchmail, I think probably um, Raoul's my favourite. Um, yeah. The I do like the fact that if you go through, if you, there's a, a dimensional portway portal that goes into the garden, and in the garden shed is um, um, is it Jabremus? What's the name of the, the grandpa? Oh, pa- the... Pod, grandpa Bod, Podlesp. Is the amorphous yeah. greenhouse, you know, Lovecraftian creature, and you can go out and meet him. Um, yeah, it's 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 a mess. It's a, it's a mix, not mess. It's a mix of just really clever, funny. That is kind of designed for a 
clever sixth form or a uni student to get a chuckle out of, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. In, in right way, which of course it should. Yeah, I love the scene where they all dress up in the, the big welder's outfits to go and feed. <laughs> and they take something out of the fridge and it's on a big you have to have the big gripper handle to carry it and stuff and then they all run away at the very end when, when yeah fed them. The, and um, and the, just the absolute forthright delusions of them all where glinda actually believes that she's she's got this new friend and she's the better looking one of the two you know it's just uh, yeah the, the sec the oh, i'm gonna call the sex scene <laughs> which the whole thing I go, she doesn't believe that, does she? No, she and it goes further. Oh, and there's more. <laughs> there's more. Yeah. And I just I was like, yeah, that's that's really funny in terms of just pushing the boundary and going, yeah, she's you know. I mean, we've um, all heard a lady shout, Oh, for God's sake, how do you expect me to get aroused if you don't stop crying? You know. <laughs> um and then she says, But remember, I'm a sensitive modern woman, and whilst I do I don't think the size of a man's orga- orgasm is important, I do insist on multiple penises. Yeah. Just <laughs> <laughs> we all heard that yeah which is a shame that it didn't continue like that i mean it's it's the curse of warrior isn't it really you know all these amazing strips that we you know we think of as coming from warrior you know we're only so, we're fairly short-lived in there you know but there's the interesting challenge back in that because it was short burned brightly and and didn't overstay its welcome very little of the the stuff that was there in Warrior went on to be overdone and spoilt and lose the magic. Yeah. Where there are other books that are still ongoing today from that time where people don't get it anymore because yeah. it's 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 kind of like going, Yeah, you've 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 just gone on too long, you know? Yeah. Um and, and some of these things just wrapped up and moved moved on. Um and that, or, or or they're not being reinvented enough. Yeah, this yeah, does this doesn't suit a twenty-two page comic. This story, I think, you know, it no, suits a six-page no. story or a five-page story. You know, you know. It, this this has to be part of an anthology type yeah. book or yeah. a UK weekly, if that's you know not an anthology. Um, and there is, so you know, I think there's, it's things like when you think back of other things like Faulty Towers or, uh, or the Young Ones, which you've sort of mentioned. This has yeah. parallels with. If they'd gone on for four or five seasons, by the end of it, you'd be sick of it, and it would lose its um, legendary status. Its as well, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think there is, there is something about Warrior being, you know, that short, bright spark. Yeah, that that gives it more of that legendary status than had it had two hundred issues. You know. Yeah, I think you're right, um, man. And I think as well, I, I've always Warrior is always one of those magazines. That I'm always surprised that the Yanks haven't caught wind of. Because they're all desperate to buy up the first appearance of V Vendetta or, you know, Marvel Man mm-hmm. or whatever it is, Miracle Man. But they, they never seem to have got a grip that you can get these quite cheaply, you know. There's always yeah. has issues available, you know, on his on his eBay store. Um <laughs> Yeah, it it and it does so much. Even just the Bo Jeffrey saga, you know, it plays comedically with so much, you know. Even in the comedy laugh out loud comedy of this we get the class system don't we we get racism yep. we get nuclear energy because the baby is basically a nuclear bomb um <laughs> we get the problems with housing you know it's it's essentially um um a story about thatcher's britain at the time as well yeah and the working class I mean, and you know people can't imagine what it was like but there were these little pockets of places just full of weird people 
you know, there's a couple of places in South London where I used to work that were just full of just strange people. But because there was no, it wasn't being stuck out on fucking TikTok every five minutes and no one had a mobile phone or the internet, they just used to go to the local shop and go and get drunk in the local pub and go back and be weird in their house. You know, it's um, it's a real time capsule, I think, of that period in, a, in a, just such a strange way because it's got a werewolf and a fucking Lovecrafting creature in the potting shed, you know. Um, and, and a vampire who can't get home. <laughs> yeah, he's um, a class character, isn't he? Yeah. But you yeah. Know, oh, yeah. You know, or every day he just makes it another five yards before he gets burnt up in the sun. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And just remember yeah. from the opening of it, thinking bat fishing. What a fucking brilliant idea! Why has no one thought of that before? You know. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. Anyway. Good. Um, good stuff, man. Yeah. It's a very good book. Um, yeah. Those who haven't got it, I would recommend they do so. Not expensive. Uh, it's, it's available on um, that website called Amazon. Uh, it costs nine ninety nine. Yeah, go out and get it. Because uh, let us know as well if you if you've gone out and bought something off phone we've talked about, then please do let us know because um, it's always nice to hear. Um, and I suspect probably yeah, but, but, a very, but, but no refunds. No refunds. Yeah, no. Fuck that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and this is one of the ones that I I, I actually think I was um, I was talking about sort of hidden gems in comics the other day, and I think this is one of them. Yeah, like Metal Zoic I mentioned the other day was a hidden gem. Mm. And nobody mm. talks about it anymore, but I think Bo Jeffries is as well. Um, like Enemy East was the, the yeah, that's another one, man. Yeah, specifically on that one. Yeah. That was a dream of yeah. a book. Yeah, good. Okay, so let's move on to you, um, my friend. So as we just said, you've had your Kickstarter. You've just been posting it out last few days. I've got mine um, yeah. gradually yep. going out. Um, you are in DUI two as well. Very much I enjoyed am. your so story in there, my friend. Um, a story of. Um, um, yeah, people on road uh, signs. Working, yeah, it's, it's 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 working men. That's, um, <laughs> or, it's, that's what I called it. Called uh, men. It's, it's men at work, and it's just how they're at work is entirely different. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, no, that was a little bit of fun, and obviously your saucy story opens the uh, opens the book. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. No nudity though. You'll notice from me. Very little, but there's no, no bad language. No. Yeah. 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 Uh, look, DUI two. Yeah, it's um. It's a great book, uh, basically showcasing UK the, or the UK scene at this point, or, or part of the UK scene at this yeah. point, with um, everything from, as you say, simple stick men who, who might look like people drawn from road signs um, all the way through to, to the work of Gareth Hopkins, where yeah. it's, it's it's proper art, that's what I'm going to call that, <laughs> uh, in terms of in terms of the difference, and, you know, and, and everything in between. So I, th- I think that's what's great about doing some of these anthology books like like DUI, you know, is that you get that chance to say, what is the touch point? And yeah. it's the interesting one to think back, or to think forward, to think forward I should say. Um, you know, what, if somebody comes and picks that up in 10 years' time for whatever the replacement for podcasts will be in 10 years' time. Yeah. Um, and there's a thing of going, oh, there was a lot of people in here who were different and had different ideas and you know presented themselves in lots of different ways. It's, it's you know, because that's a really interesting touch point as to, to where we were in twenty twenty. Yeah, I think you're right, man. Yeah, it's a little um a little a little time capsule, isn't it? Definitely. Um mm. Yeah, and obviously raising money for Cancer Research UK, the sale of each yeah. each issue um sends three pounds to them. So come on. I know Eamon's been doing some um raising funds as part of the run-up to this as well, and this will be raising funds for that as well. Um, I suspect there'll be a reprint of it, but if you don't want to wait for the reprint, get on it and go to um, DUI. Oh, God, I've got to look it up now, and I I forgot to write it down. 
It's um, is it DUI Comic? Hang on. I um, the Slack. It's com. There you go. And yeah. you can buy a copy of a physical copy of issue two, and you can also get a digital copy of issue two and a digital copy of issue one uh, for the small price of £3. And the £3 goes directly. That doesn't need to go anywhere because we don't know how to print it. Um, or you can get the there's the physical copies of issue one have sold out, I'm afraid, but uh, two is still available. Uh, so get on that if you can. Um, and while I shouldn't encourage this, yeah. everybody that's got a Comic House um, subscription should also um, download the DUI, which is on Comic House, because that guarantees that DUI will get its um, yeah. get a bigger share of the Comic House pot. Yeah, so 50% of the revenue, the, the advertising revenue from, um, from there, as long as the membership re revenue so, goes to the um, people who yeah, upload their so, comics onto there. So we're going through. So yeah. If you've got a comic house app and you, even even if you've already read DUI, have one, a little read of it again. Read of a couple of pages. And, uh, yeah. It'll, uh, it'll help, help every penny go, um, go to yeah. yeah. And join the conversation about it because that's good. And Eamon has announced issue three for being next year. So I think he's going to start accepting pitches in the new year for that. So he's going to edit the third volume as well. Um, God knows how he did it. There were 60 odd people involved in this one. Oh, it drive me nuts, um, and and no delays or anything. It was um, no. It seemed to yeah, it's extremely it's like, well a, like a swan. It seemed to go yeah. really smoothly. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure there was lots more sleepless nights on his side that we don't know about. But um, <laughs> so yeah. what's uh, what's next for you, dude? What you got planned next? Um, so it's one of the issues I have while doing a Kickstarter is you end up being or it, it drains you from other um, creative or drains me from doing other creative things because you're so focused on that and getting everything um, packaged up and ready to go. So I need to get back on the, the hamster wheel of producing new penguins. Okay. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. Um, I've done a few to, to try and get ahead of the game, but it's, I'm taking a month at the moment of just, just doing uh, reruns, and um, which will then move me on to what I'm calling Project 250, Okay. Um, which is the, the last 250 penguins. Nice. <laughs> Yeah, because that gets me to two thousand five hundred. Fucking hell! Um, but uh, you know, so that it's. I'm sure when I get there, I'll say, "Oh, oh I've got another idea." Let me get another. Yeah, that's it. So when no, you when yeah. you get there, though, you can feel the pressures off a bit, can't you? You can you sort of just dabble yeah. in it occasionally. Then I suppose, can't yeah. you? You know. Yeah. It's, yeah. So that's just that's just for fun. Um, Good. Then after, as I say, there's some. Um, I need to get my head down at some point and and, and finalize what I'm going to try to do with. A painted story. I really want oh, to, nice. to do that. Okay. From a crew perspective. I don't know what it is yet. Don't know what it, you know. But it's you know you you keep playing around with the tools. Eventually, you should should do something. Yeah, good idea, man. Yeah, I look forward um, to that. Yeah. But uh, as, as you know, my my painting moves on. As, no, as it's great. Yeah, no, bit. you. I drew. You got I drew some, this week. Uh, yeah, I I drew some scribbly sc sketch and uploaded it onto the Slack, and then some people turned it into actual pieces of art. You being one of them, yeah, and and you sent me that through very kindly, man. Thank you. Yeah, it's great. Good stuff. And where can we find you online, dude? Just search for at Pendeguin on any form of social media. Good stuff. And how's Tribute Press? What's what's coming next well, from, from yourselves? Oh, it, it was going to include some um, references to uh, your good work, sir. But it looks like um, I've got a few um, tabling appearances coming up. So we're doing mm. um, Bridlington on the 4th, um, Bridlington Spa. Um, following that, we're doing... Um, I think it's New York after that. Is that New York? Oh, I can't remember. I've got it written down here somewhere. I should have fucking prepared, shouldn't I? What am I doing? But um, yeah, after that, so I bought a bit of New York Comic Con, which I'll be walking around with a uh, rucksack on, and I'll have some copies of my comics there. Also, we've got Nottingham coming up, 
and um, you're doing Thought Bubble, aren't you? I'm doing Thought Bubble, and I'll also be at um, Acme, which they're now trying to rebrand as Scotland's Comic Con. Ah, um, right, okay. Which is at uh, the, basically, it's the Scottish replacement for MCM. Ah, MCM okay. doesn't come to Scotland anymore. Yeah. Um, so that's... Uh, Oh, that's good. In late September or mid-September. Oh, that's good. So that's quite soon then. Yeah. So I've got my dates here. I've got them ready now. So the 4th is um, Bridlington. The 6th to the 9th of um, October is the New York Comic Con. Um, The 22nd of October is BAM, which is um, Bath Art Market at the Comedia in Bath. And then Nottingham is the 29th to the 10th. Um, Is it Trent University there, isn't it? I think where they they have it. Um, Uh, Yes. (laughs) <laughs> and if all, if all goes well, we might be doing a Never Iron Anything panel there. So watch out for this, that mm. space. Um, from a come, po- come see us live. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, live and drunk. The uh, <laughs> the other thing is, um, so um, Dirty Basement and um, Dirty Basement 1 and the um, Hidden Lives, along with some of our other books that remain in print, are available through the Tribute Press web shop. So you can go there, um, which is tributepress.co.uk, and you can find copies there. Um, we've still got um, Dirty Basement, Hidden Lives, uh, George Mayhem, Hank, Issue 1, and Tony Osmond, and Hercules 4 uh, are still available on there. For Issue 2 is, I've just seen the last couple of pages today from Mr. Um, Mister Thorpe, so I'm very excited about that. And then the next off the books is Hercules 5 and the sequel to Hidden Lives, which I'm just in the, in the, the writing process at the moment. And had a couple of artists volunteer to do some work on it, which I'm very excited about. Which uh, watch this space and we'll see what happens. But yeah, you can find me at neveronanything.com. And thanks, Al. Um, it's your choice next one, I think, man, isn't it? Um, I have a little idea. Oh, good. Good news. Good. So um, I promised myself I'd do this because I think people are interested. So um, before I say goodbye, just to let you know, some of the research material I used to, to research this, Comics Interview number 12, Arkansas issue 1314, International Hero website, the Albion British Comics database, the Alien Architecture website, Keith's Letters website, Goodreads, Alan Moore World blog, Alan Moore The Gothic Tradition, edited by Matthew Green, I read that, uh, Magic Words, The Extraordinary Life of Alan Moore, Bibliomancer on Tumblr, Comics.org, The Who's Out There blog, Art by Arian, which is a blog spot, Fantasy Episode 112 and Comics Journal 113, amongst some YouTube channels just to research this. There's not a huge amount out there, Brown, Bo Jeffries, but um, there's some interesting conversations with Moore where he talks about Bo Jeffries almost as an aside. So that's if you want to go following up some of the stuff we talked about, you can find it there. But thanks, Al, and um, I'll say goodbye to you now and we'll keep chatting. Cheers, man. Mm-hmm.